you turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 this morning? all that was going on this morning, I thought it would be best to divide this section, 1 Corinthians 5, or 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 10, into two parts. So today you get the warm-up, or basically the introduction into this passage as we deal only with the first verse uh, today. So will you pray with me? Gracious Lord, as we come to you today, we ask that you would open our eyes by the power of your Holy Spirit to your word, that we would have understanding, that you would fix in our minds and in our hearts what it is that we are to devote ourselves to, that we would understand your word, and that we would live accordingly. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Been, uh, been ordained 14 or 15 years, and I have personally done more than 75 funerals. Having worked and lived in the funeral home, I have personally attended more than 300 funerals. Anybody beat that? <laughs> now, it's, it's not a badge of honor, understand. It, it just is where we are in life. And, and, and how the Lord has worked in our lives to get us to certain places. And for some reason, the Lord felt it necessary that I might attend quite a number of funerals. There is a clear distinction in funerals. A clear distinction. There is the funeral where the deceased is a believer and the family is a believer uh, much like what I saw yesterday at Omar's service, and everybody understands that we will see that person again. We will see Omar again because he is in the presence of the Lord. And yes, there is sadness, but yet there is confidence there. And I've seen plenty of services like that. There is also the service where you have a believing family and the deceased did not believe. And you can see the pain on the face of the family because they know that they lived out before the individual, shared with the individual the things of Christ, but yet the person never believed. And there is a sorrow there because at the point of death, you are either taken into the presence of the Lord and he says either, well done, good and faithful servant, come into the rest I have prepared before you, or he says, be gone from me, I never knew you. And there is an eternity either way. One is an eternity with the Lord. The other is an eternity facing the punishment for sin. And then there's a third group where you know the deceased did not believe and the family does not believe, but yet they come and they look for some answer. They have come to a funeral service and they are desperate to find an answer for something. Why is this person dead? I've seen... As I said, many, many services where the families have cried out because they do not know the answer. The best 
funeral service I ever saw was by a uh, Roman Catholic priest in Pennsylvania. He rode his bike up to the funeral home, and it was a prayer service. And he walked in, and we said, Father Doug, how you doing? He didn't, he didn't answer. He just went right to, to work. And he got up, and he laid it out in front of the family because nobody there believed. Okay? But yet he was called upon to come and to do the service. And he said, these are the things of Christ. These are the things you must believe in. And then when he was done, he got out, walked, got on his bike, and went on his way. And the family looked like stomped on toads. Okay? Because they had heard the truth, but it hadn't gotten through their brains. It hadn't gotten to their hearts yet. Christians. Christians should not fear death. I know that in our society, we attempt to stay young. We attempt to look young. We attempt, uh, we have all kinds of medical procedures and drugs and everything to extend our lives. But I want to tell you, Christians, we should have no fear of death. None at all. In fact, we should, in some sense, welcome death as a reprieve, as a release from the what somebody termed the slum of this world. Now, Huntsville's a pretty nice place, I want to tell you. In the places that I have lived, Huntsville's great, but it does not compare with streets that are paved with gold that are so pure they are crystal clear. With the throne of God before us and the clarity of the crystal that the throne sits on and the emerald rainbow and all the elders and the, and the animals with with faces of an ox and an eagle and a man and, and a lion, and they sing forever and ever, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You just go home and see if any of that's at your house. Okay, I don't have any of that at my house. But that's where our home is, and that's where we are to look and to long to be. Long to be in heaven? Why, well, I, you know, I, I kind of want to be here for a while. Well, yes, we do want to be here for a while. But the longing of our hearts should be to be in the presence of the Lord and to be with him. Now, Paul says in Philippians, if I stay here, I do so because it's a service to you. But I really want to be in heaven. Paul says to live is Christ, to die is gain. How can it be gain to leave this world? Because he'll be in the direct presence of the Lord. Is Christ with the believer today? Yes, Is the power of the Holy Spirit alive in our lives? Yes, it is. But to stand before the throne and to see those wonders. Now, there's no sun. We talked about chapter 4 in in, in Revelation Sunday School today, and we reminded there's no sun in heaven. And what happens? Because the light comes from our Heavenly Father and His glory. Now, what happens when light shines through crystal and, and it gets into, uh, it's divided into its spectrum. So imagine, here you have the throne of God who gives off this light of glory. And the floor before the throne is made of this wonderful crystal that which is pure. And the light shones through the crystal. And you have this spectrum. And you have the elders all before the throne. And you have the animals. And they sing out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Or would you rather stay in Huntsville? I'm not advocating an early departure from this world. Okay, Don't don't think that. The Lord has placed us here in this world. 
and he has given us tasks to do. You remember Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. From before the foundations of the world, he has given us things to do. He has created good works for us that we might do them in Christ. Okay, This is what we are to do. And when we have finished those works, when our days, which he has numbered, Psalm 139, he knows the number of our days, He has prepared things for us to do. When those things are complete, then we can be with the Lord, not before. I've been to many places, and people have said, you know what, all I want to do is go be with the Lord. Why does he keep me here? Because he's got something for you to do. And some people have asked me that question who are in nursing homes and care facilities, and they say, what can I do here? I said, how many people a day do you see? Who comes and cares for you? Who comes in and and attends to you? Who do you eat lunch with? These are people that you can demonstrate the things of Christ to. If we fix our eyes upon the goal of heaven, if we fix our hearts upon the goal of heaven, and because that is where our home is, that is where we were created to be. We're not necessarily created for this world. We are here in this world And this world is all tainted by sin, but there is no sin in heaven. There is no taint. There is no tear. There is no pain. There is only the glory of the Lord. We were created for there. That is our home. Remember here, we are pilgrims passing through. Just passing through. You think 80 or 90 years is a long time. Weigh that against eternity. Okay. Weigh that against eternity. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. For we know that if the earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Eternal in the heavens. We ought to glorify God most in the way that we die. We are to glorify Him here in how we live. Remember, offer your bodies a living sacrifice to the Lord. That is how we are to live But how we die and our attitude towards death and where we are going speaks a lot about our faith. Anything less than a confidence in the Lord. Anything less than a sure, uh, I don't even know what, resting in the fact that he has made these promises and this is what awaits the believer. Anything less than that is immature for Christians. And I understand that some people have not yet fixed their minds upon the things of, of heaven as found in God's word. You know, this, this confirmation class, what, were you 14 and contemplating heaven? Mm, probably not, okay? Probably not. But the more we fix our minds on heaven, the more confidence we can have in the things of the Lord. The more we understand that this is not our home, that we are here only to do the work of the Lord, to give him glory, whether that is in raising our families in a godly fashion, whether that is working out in our professional lives the gifts that he has given us, doing all things to his glory, whether that is communicating the gospel to those around us, whether that is leaving all that we have like Omar and going off in missions, whatever it would be, he has placed us here that we would do those things but our real home is in heaven paul is our example here he faces death with a a joyous anticipation how many of you have gone home sat in your easy boy chair and thinking i can't wait to die okay 
Because why? Because I'm going to be with the Lord. Well, you know, I'm uh, 40 or something. And, 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 you know, I've got, that means I've got several more years here. And, and do I have to long for heaven for those years? Yes, I do. But I long with an assurance that that awaits the believer. Why? Because that's what the Lord says. Again and again he says that. This is what awaits the believer. And Paul is joyous because he believed it. At the moment of death, there is simply a blink. And there the believer stands before the Lord. And the Lord says, well done, good and faithful servant. Come into the rest that I have prepared before you. Okay? There's no soul sleep. There's nothing that, that says where you're going to die and, and you'll just close your eyes and for eight, eight million years or whatever it takes for the Lord to return. And then at his return, you'll open your eyes and then you'll go to heaven. No, at death, you go to be with the Lord. Your body stays here until his return, and then it will be raised imperishable, fit for all eternity. But we will be with the Lord. So Paul, with this in mind, is able to face death with courage, cheer, happily, gladly, confidently. This is the way he goes about his life. The Lord has placed me here. I'm going to do those things he has placed me here for and gifted me to do because I know. I fear only him. And I know his promises. But for those who do not believe, death can be terrifying. We'd been in the funeral home, I don't know, a year or so. We lived there. And they don't do it here. If, if those of you from small towns, you know, sometimes they have funeral homes in old houses and people will live there. And that's, that's what we did. And, and one night there was a knock on the door and there wasn't a visitation or anything. So I didn't. Didn't know what it was, so I went down to the door, and here was this young woman. And I opened the door, and I let her in, and she was obviously shaken, somewhat frightened. She said, she said, what happens here? What happens here? And I thought, I didn't know what I thought. I said, does she want a primer on the funeral business, or, or what does she want? And, and I began to hem and haw, because I, you know, I don't don't want to talk about that to a complete stranger. And she said, no, no. What happens when you die? And I knew what she wanted. She came asking questions. Isn't that strange? Come to a funeral home to ask questions about eternity? And I told her, gently but yet straightforward, that those who die in Christ have eternal life. Those who have confessed their sin and received him as their Lord and Savior... They go to heaven, this wonderful place that they were created for, for all eternity. But for those who die, who have not believed, there also is an eternity, but it is one of punishment. And the word is clear. There's gnashing of teeth. There is fire. There is pain. There is the due punishment for our sin. And I said, and what do you believe? She says, I don't believe in God. She walked away more frightened than when she came in the door. Because even though she had heard the truth, she did not believe. For those of us who have received Christ as our Lord and Savior, heaven awaits. And it's going to be glorious. And and we only have these human words of an earthly location. But in these human words, we have God's promises. And that is a place that we should long for. And for our loved ones who have died in faith... We will see them again. 
we will see them again. Heaven is a real place, just as this room is. Don't forget, hell is also a real place. And you wind up in one or the other. So heaven is a place that we should long for. Does your heart long to be with Christ? Do you long to know eternity with our Heavenly Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ? Do you long to see the throne and the glory and to hear the songs that will be sung and the words, Worthy are the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb to be praised, to receive honor and glory and power. Do you long to hear these things? Do you long to see the city of heaven, the new Jerusalem, with gates that are made of a single pearl? Do you long to see these streets made of gold that are so pure that they are clear? This is what the Lord says it's like. So where's your heart? Is it tied to the things of this world? Or are you a pilgrim just passing through, doing what the Lord has, so that you can arrive in the location he has created you to be in? Let's pray. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord God Almighty. You are eternal, and you have put your hand upon us. You have placed us here today that we might hear your word, that we might know it to be true, that we might believe and receive Christ as our Lord and Savior and and have hearts that long to be in heaven. But the only way to get there is through Jesus Christ. Lord, come upon us today and fix in our minds, the minds of everyone here today, that as we come to this table, this table shows the sacrifice of Christ. It's bread and it's juice. But he said, this is my body given for you. This is my blood that is shed for you. He says, for I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one gets to the Father except through me. Today, Lord, give us a foretaste of heaven that our hearts and our minds might long for the day when you release us from this world, when we have completed all that you have for us, that we might arrive and hear the words of Christ saying, well done good and faithful servant. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen. In preparation of holy